Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. You know, we, we were singing about victory, you know, singing about overcoming tonight, and um, I'm thankful for that, that life that God, God gives us, that God offers us. He, he brings us into an overcoming life, and I think our theme for the weekend is, is exciting, a thrill of hope. I love that, yeah. you know, but, but sometimes, sometimes that, I suppose, endeavor to live a victorious life gets challenged, that, that overcoming life. It's challenged by circumstances. It's challenged by, by difficulties, and um, my, my title tonight is In the Waiting Room, In the Waiting Room. And sometimes times of waiting can really challenge us, really challenge us, and really put it to us, and, and can challenge that, that victorious side that, that we, we all want to live in. We all want to live in these victorious feelings and, and moments. But what happens when sometimes we have to wait and there's unresolved difficulties and, and things that, uh, unresolved hopes in the waiting room is a challenge. Lord God, tonight, Lord, would you, uh, Lord, speak to us, Lord, through your word, oh God. Just, Lord, as we look, Lord, at these characters, Lord, in, in the Bible tonight, oh God, would you, Lord, just... Just encourage us, Lord, in, in this journey tonight, oh God. Encourage us, Lord, if, if we're in that, that waiting room, as it were, oh God. Lord, would you encourage us tonight? Would, would you speak to us through your word? In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're Luke chapter 1, if you want to turn there. Uh, waiting is a theme for this time of year, isn't it? We are coming up to Christmas, and there's a lot of anticipation about gifts and opening presents and um, the events of Christmas, and uh, it's a good thing to do to wait. It's a good thing to do. There's a phrase that's been bandied about at the moment called delayed gratification. That's uh, that people are encouraged to uh, explore in their own lives. Delayed gratification. In other words, don't just take the presents and open them early. You know, wait, wait with good things to the right time, and you grow in patience, you grow in consideration, you grow in, in many qualities in life, but it's good, it's good to wait in some aspects, and it is a, a theme of the season. Um, I always had to wait. My birthday is in November, so I'd have my birthday, and then I'd have Christmas shortly after, and then I had to wait right round to November again. It was awfully long. So I've learned to wait. <laughs> uh, from uh, December to November, I had to wait. And then, then, my, then my November gift would be rolled into my December gift. Is there anybody here got a late birthday like that? Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? It's really, really unfair to have your birthday present rolled into your Christmas present. But that, that used to happen me a lot. Recently, I was in the hospital with, with one of my kids, Jonathan, and, and uh, we were in for an appointment to, 
he, he's having uh, some sickness, and we were put into a waiting room. Thanks, Jacinta. We were put into a waiting room. And we were told that uh, the doctor will be with you shortly. And uh, we were there waiting. We had to wait quite a while, and there's there's different people came in, but we found ourselves in this, this waiting room. And we were there because the doctor had invited us. And it's funny, sometimes it can be like that with the Lord. Have you noticed that? That, that sometimes He can bring us to places in life that just seem to be like waiting rooms where we're waiting on Him to do something and there's nobody else can do it except Him and we're in this place at His invitation. And if you're in that place at the moment, I, I believe I have some encouragement for you tonight. We're going to look at, at three people that, that we find in the, in the Scriptures around the birth of Christ first one of them being Zachariah, but three actually old people, elderly people who found themselves waiting for actually most of their lives or, or long periods of their life. And it's a difficult thing to do, brothers and sisters, if you're in that position waiting. It's difficult. It's difficult. In this world, we're, we're limited by time. Every day, every night is like a, a tick of the clock reminding us that, that time is passing and, and this thing that I'm waiting on hasn't happened yet. And it's difficult, it's difficult for us with our limited lifespans to have to wait. I don't like waiting, I'll be honest. I hate waiting. I don't like to wait. I don't like waiting on people who are late either, just, just so you know. <laughs> um, and I'm sure people don't like waiting on me when I'm late. Um, waiting isn't nice. And, and it's especially difficult if, if what we're waiting on is, is critical. You know, we can wait on things that are nice. You know, we can be waiting on a new car or, you know, a, so something that's, that's enjoyable. But sometimes we're waiting on things that are, that are critical to life and, and important for successful life. It can be critical to life, critical to eternal life, critical to eternity. We can be waiting for, for God to, to touch a, a difficult relationship situation or you know, bring a, a loved one to salvation. And these, these things, these things are important. These, these, are, these are critical to eternity. And we can find ourselves waiting, and it's, it's hard. It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable to have to wait. His timing is not our timing. The nation of Israel had to wait. They had to wait for their Messiah to come. And it seems that, it just seems that, that God does that with his servants, does that with us. He brings us into times and, and seasons where we have to wait. We just have to wait. He's done it with his servants. He, he did it with Abraham, Abraham and Sarah. They, they had to wait. 
had to wait on a son and they waited until, until their old years. Hannah had to wait for Samuel to be born. David had to wait. David was anointed king, but he had to wait. He had to run around the hills pursued by Saul and wait for, for, for the promise to be fulfilled, for his kingdom to be established. Moses, Moses, he spent 40 years in the desert waiting. Joshua had to wait with the Israelites. Joshua had to wander around the desert with the Israelites 40 years before going into the promised land, even though Joshua was full of faith. He had to wait. Joseph had to wait. Joseph was thrown into prison. Thrown into prison, he had to wait until Pharaoh one day, one of Pharaoh's servants remembered him to Pharaoh and, and he was able to get out of prison. And it's difficult. Easy to feel forgotten. Maybe you find yourself waiting today. You're waiting for a loved one's salvation. Maybe you're, you're waiting for a healing. I think of people even that we prayed for tonight, waiting. We're waiting for a healing for Tony. We're waiting. Waiting for a, a job, maybe waiting for a provision. Waiting for a husband or wife. Waiting for a miracle or a deliverance. Maybe waiting for a ministry to, to start that you feel God has put on your heart. And if you're in the waiting room, you're, you're in good company. You're in the company of David and Moses and Joshua and, 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 and good people. I remember having to wait on Wilma. Had to wait on her to see the light. About what a catch I was. No, she didn't have to wait 40 years. <laughs> I didn't have to wait 40 years, thankfully. But I just need her darkened mind to be illuminated to the truth of what a catch I was. One of the most difficult scriptures in the Bible when we're in that waiting room is a day is like a thousand years to God. <laughs> I was really hoping that, that, that God was on my schedule, not on the thousand-year schedule when it came to Wilma, because a thousand years in, in Wilma, and she wouldn't have looked as good as she did. <laughs> but we're going to look at, at Zachariah. Let's start with Zachariah tonight. Look, chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 5. It says that there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest, named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. 
And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell on him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And so Zachariah and Elizabeth, this, this couple, they'd been waiting to have children, and they'd waited and waited and waited and waited, and they were barren, and now they were old. And now it was too late, it seemed, in their calculations. And you can imagine them hoping and waiting and maybe now, maybe, maybe this month, and getting discouraged, and the days stretching into months and then into years. And back then, not, not having children was seen almost like a curse because then they had no part to play in the, the coming Messiah. And so uh, their, their hope was fading and, and they were waiting. You can maybe guess that sometimes their minds went to the place of questioning, has God forgotten us? Does God care? Has God heard our prayers? Does, does, is God interested in our home? Is God interested in, in our lives? And the questions, the questions, and, and I think we could identify with them tonight. The truth is, is that we will all go through waiting times. And if you haven't yet gone through a waiting time, just wait. <laughs> we will all go through waiting times like Zachariah and Elizabeth. And Zachariah was in the temple and the angel comes and says to him, don't be afraid for God has heard your prayer. Don't be afraid, Zachariah, for God has heard your prayer. Brothers and sisters, your prayer is heard. Your cry for that, that question that hasn't yet been answered, that loved one that isn't yet a Christian, that broken relationship that hasn't yet been healed, that need in your life, maybe for companionship, for friendship, that need for a certain provision, your prayer of need for a healing, you need to know tonight that it has been heard. It has been heard. Heaven, that, that prayer has echoed in heaven and your heavenly Father who loves you didn't miss one tear, didn't miss one moment, didn't miss one expression or one groan or one moan. Brother, sister, tonight, your prayer has been heard. 
by your Father in heaven who loves you. Who loves you. And here, Zechariah is hearing this from the angel's lips. Your prayer has been heard, Zechariah. The, the words, the, the word now, the, the prayers were echoing in heaven. And now a voice from heaven has come and says to Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. My friend, tonight, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. And let, let peace start to arise, even with the need. Before you see an answer to your need, you can take comfort that your prayer has been heard. Has been heard, hallelujah. Every time you asked, it was heard. And here this angel stands in front of Zechariah and tells him your prayer has been heard and you're going to have a son, Zechariah. But Zechariah, he doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe it. It's been so many years. And something has changed in Zechariah's heart. And friends, tonight, it can happen. It can happen that something can change in our hearts that even if God was to send an angel, that we would struggle to believe what the angel said. Because sometimes we can allow the things that stand against us, we can allow them a throne in our lives. We can allow them to take a position in our lives. We can allow them to take an authority in, their, in, in our lives that they do not have a right to. And friends, tonight, if you're allowing something of hopelessness, something of defeat, if, you, if you're allowing that to take a place of authority in your life, then now's the time to listen to what the angel said, that your prayer has been heard by Almighty God who loves us. Who loves us. The Bible says that, that perfect love casts out all fear. You know that fear of God has forgotten me? God, God won't answer this prayer. He doesn't understand my need. He doesn't understand the issue. He's, he's missed this somehow. It's a lie, brothers and sisters. He hasn't missed a thought or a moment. He understands and he is perfectly loving you and caring for you and with you. And allow the comfort of that to help you in the waiting room. In the waiting room. God wasn't playing games with Zachariah and Elizabeth. God had a plan. God had a plan. And God had a reason for his timing. Israel had waited many years for the Messiah to come, and here was the moment, and, and God was entwining and, and using Zechariah and Elizabeth in this big plan. And Israel had waited for their Messiah, and they'd hoped and hoped, and there was 400 years of silence. 
400 years of waiting. Why? Why was it? Why, why did it take 400 years? Well, in hindsight, we know some of the reasons. We know that the Greek language allowed an international communication to go on. God had his timing. He allowed the Greek language to be established and to be uh, like a trade language and a, uh, a way of communicating between nations so that the gospel could go out. God's timing was perfect. The Romans were building roads all through the nations so the gospel could go out. The Jews had been dispersed through the nations. And brothers and sisters, sometimes God has a plan, but he doesn't reveal it to us. And this was the case for Zechariah and Elizabeth. They waited and waited, but they didn't know why they were waiting. They didn't know. And God sometimes hides it from us. Why am I, why do we have to wait for certain answers? Why is that, God? And we don't always get the answer, but what we do know is that there is a, a multifaceted and a multi, uh, multi-level wisdom of God. He knows His ways are higher than our ways, brothers and sisters. And he knows when is the right time to do something. When is the right time to bring the answer so that it's like he may be doing something in our lives. He may be doing something through us to benefit others. He may be doing something that will benefit generations to come. We don't know. And Zachariah and Elizabeth didn't know that they were going to be the couple that would bring John the Baptist. They didn't know that. And we don't know why we have to wait. But he knows. He knows. And brothers and sisters, we have to be okay with God knowing and us not knowing why we're having to wait. We have to trust This is faith, and it's hard. It's hard. But he does know, and he does have a plan, and we are not forgotten. Ephesians 3 talks about this, the manifold wisdom of God, multifaceted, multiple levels to it, multiple purposes to it. It includes us and those around us and and many different reasons. And God does this. He intertwines Zachariah and Elizabeth's prayers with his plans. Hallelujah. He's not going to be late. God is never late. He's never too late. No, Mary and Martha thought that Jesus was going to be too late. He wasn't too late. Abraham and Sarah thought it was too late. It wasn't too late. We could go through a list of many people who thought it was too late, and it wasn't too late. Brothers and sisters, God has his plan, and he has his timing, and he's not late. And Zechariah, in verse 18, let's look at verse 18. It says that Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this, that, that a son will be born? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And this unbelief 
is in Zachariah's heart. Here's a, an angel standing in front of him, telling him, Zachariah, your prayers have been heard. You're going to have a son. And Zachariah can't believe it because he's allowed this unbelief to settle in his heart, and he's allowed age to become more powerful in his life than God. And brothers and sisters, the, the, the reasons why you're, you're, the things you're waiting on aren't fulfilled are not greater than God. Our small problems are not greater than God. Our bigger problems are not greater than God. Our impossible problems and things that we think cannot be done are not impossible for God. He is greater than them all. He is greater than them all. So do not lose hope and do not give authority to the reasons for unbelief in your life. Keep hoping in God. And Zachariah is consumed with the problem and here's the angel and he saying to him, and he can't believe it. And around the same time, we're going to jump to another old character now. And around that, that same time period, in and around the temple, maybe Zechariah, when he was in the temple, even around this time, uh, when he was burning the incense, he might have bumped into a character called Simeon. And Simeon was around in those days. And if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. 2, verse 25, we, we meet Simeon. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, in other words, the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. He was led by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do to him according to the customs of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And this this character, Simeon, another old man who had waited years and years, devoted himself to, 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 to the common Messiah and to the things of God. And he was, and, and, and this is what happens if you seek after Jesus, you seek after the Lord. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. It said that he was full of the Spirit. And he's there in the temple, and he comes in that day, led of the Holy Spirit into the temple, and his eyes were fixed on this Messiah and God, full of the Holy Spirit, and in this place of worship, in this temple of worship, 
is the fulfillment of the promise of God. He sees the promise. He wanted the Savior for Israel. And it says that, that he was, he was looking for this uh, Savior for Israel. He's looking for the, the Messiah that would deliver Israel. And do you know what he found? He found a Messiah that would not just deliver Israel, but deliver the world. And brothers and sisters, if we can stay in this place of faith like this man Simeon, waiting and waiting and waiting, trusting God, keeping his eyes on Jesus, keeping his eyes on the Messiah, if we could keep our eyes on the Messiah, we would find not just the answer for the things that we're waiting for, but we would also find the answer for the things that other people are waiting for. We would, we would see the Messiah for our own personal needs, for our Israel, as it were, but also for the needs of the world. And brothers and sisters, this is one of the things that happens when we will wait with faith when we will not allow unbelief to take over in our hearts and allow the things of unbelief to have a throne and an authority in our lives, when we keep Jesus on the throne, then out of our waiting will come hope in our lives and for others, brothers and sisters. We will see the Messiah. We will see the day and we will be able to speak hope and speak life, and speak the things of faith, and we will be filled with the Spirit, and we will be anointed of the Spirit, and we will be led of the Spirit if we would keep our eyes on Jesus, brothers and sisters, even in our time of waiting. Waiting is not defeat. Waiting is being in a place of not yet having realized the promise of God and have not yet haven't received the promise of God. But it is not defeat. It is not defeat. And here Simeon was waiting, and he was anointed of God, and he was a blessing to people, and he would speak hope to people, and he would keep a focus on Jesus, and he's and he, and he seen it with his own eyes. And brothers and sisters, if we would stay in that place of faith, we would speak blessing, and we would be a blessing We'd see blessing in our own lives and in the lives of others. And I encourage you, if you're in the place of waiting, God has brought us to that place. There are things that I'm waiting on. And God brings us into this waiting room. It's not a place of defeat, but a place of intimacy with Jesus. It's actually a temple, brothers and sisters. The waiting room is a place of worship. These, these incidents that we're reading of tonight, Zachariah and Simeon, we're going to talk about Anna in a second. This took place in the temple in the place of worship. The waiting room is actually, it's a room of worship where we keep our eyes on the fulfiller of the promise. We keep our eyes on Jesus. And as we keep our eyes on Him, He fills us with the Spirit, and He leads us by the Spirit as He did with Simeon. Brothers and sisters, this is a good place to be, to be in a waiting room. may be difficult, 
but it is a good place to be because in that place of waiting, we are shut away in the room, in the place of worship, and God is in the room with us. Jesus is present in the waiting room. He is present in the waiting room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're waiting tonight, Jesus is present with you. He's present. That ever-present help in time of need. Hallelujah. Anna. Anna was this lady at the same time. She was there. I'm just looking for it now. Yeah, in verse 36, it says, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from marriage. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Another person who waited and waited and waited and, and God answered her promise. And this is what happened. And she came in in that instant and she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She, she became a testimony. She became a testimony to other people, to all who were around who were looking for deliverance. She became a testimony to Jesus. And brothers and sisters, these are, these, these are things that happen if we're waiting with God and if we keep Him on the throne, if we allow the waiting room to be that temple, that place of worship, then our lives will be a testimony. Our lives will be a testimony to others and we will be able to speak deliverance and point people to Jesus. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel that, that waiting is, is like a waste of time. Before I was waiting, I was, I was doing something. And it seemed to be more important than waiting. Waiting seems unimportant. And I look forward to not having to wait anymore so I can progress on to something else. <laughs> but waiting on God is not a waste of time. It's not. It's not. The word for wait actually means to intertwine, weave together. The, the word in the Old Testament, that's what it means. And when, when we have to, I know if I have to wait on somebody so sometimes when I'm with the worship team, somebody might be late. Okay, Abram was late once. Abram, our drummer, he is he's brilliant. He comes prepared. He's never late. But I remember him being late once. And I was, I was standing here, and we were practicing with the rest of the team. And, uh, and, he, and, and uh, he was late and had rung him, couldn't get him. And I was waiting for him to come. And I started to think about Abram. And I started to think, like, he's not normally late, and he's always so prepared, and 
you know, he always lets me know if there's going to be a difficulty. And I started to think all these good things about Abraham. And brothers and sisters, what happens when we have to wait on somebody is that we start to examine their character. We start to look at what this person is like. And we start to examine their characteristics and their personality traits. And, and, and we look at them when we have to wait on them. When we have to wait on the doctor, we're thinking, is that doctor going to show up? Does that doctor professional? Does that doctor care about me? We start to examine the person we're waiting on. And this is what happens when we wait on God. We start to examine him. We start to think about the things he said that he promised. And we have to make a decision. Are they true or are they not? Is God good or is he not? Is his character, is he for me or is he not? Does he love me? Does he not? And what we find when we examine Jesus is we find our beautiful Savior who is true, who is lovely, and we get to know him and we become entwined with him and we start to trust him more and more. And this is the purpose of waiting. God is doing something wonderful in the waiting times, brothers and sisters. It's not easy, but he's doing something wonderful. And every moment that you wait, trust in him, you get a reward in heaven. He will reward you for waiting, for trusting, for allowing him to bring his fulfillment to the promise in his time. Brothers and sisters, he, he chooses the waiting room for us sometimes and he rewards us for that waiting room and he fulfills his promises. He does. He is ever true, ever faithful and he loves us. He loves us. Can we stand and bow our heads? Jesus. Psalm 40, this is by our head. Psalm 40 says, says this. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me. He stooped down. He heard my cry and he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. A new song, brothers and sisters, for the waiting room. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O oh Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Jesus, Jesus. Oh God, oh God. Lord God, you have not forgot us, O oh God. Oh, Lord, there are brothers and sisters here, Lord. Oh, God, there are brothers and sisters listening, Lord. Lord, who are in the waiting room, Jesus. 
Lord God, and Lord, I thank Lord for, for Simeon, Lord, for Zachariah, oh God, for Anna, oh God, oh Lord, for so many of your servants, Lord, that went into the waiting room, oh God, Lord, and found you in the waiting room, Jesus. Lord, knew you in the waiting room, oh God. Oh Lord, we're ministered by, to, by you, Lord, in the waiting room, oh God. Lord, you carry us, Lord, in the waiting room, Jesus. Oh, Lord, and you deliver us, Lord, Lord, out of the waiting room, oh God, and you fulfill your promises, Jesus, and we can, Lord, Lord, tonight, Lord, as the psalmist said, Lord, we can wait patiently, Lord, for you, Lord, for you are faithful, you are true, oh God, and your thoughts towards us are good, oh God, oh Lord, and tonight, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, we thank you, oh God, we thank you, oh God, we thank you, oh God, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. No, brothers and sisters, I'm going to encourage you in this, this closing moment of tonight's service. Why don't we go to thankfulness? Why don't we thank God that he has heard our prayers and that he is going to answer things that he hasn't yet answered? We can thank him for the things that are not yet answered because we know he is true. He is true. Can we go there tonight? If you're struggling, waiting on something... Let's start to thank him that he will answer in his good time. Lord God, tonight, Lord, because, Lord, your word is true, O oh God, your promises are true, O oh God. Lord, because you love us, O oh God, because you're, you will never leave us or forsake us, O oh God, you'll never abandon us, O oh God. We can thank you, Lord, tonight, Lord, for the promises that haven't yet been fulfilled, O oh God. Lord, for the answers, Lord, Lord, that we haven't yet received, O oh God, but which we will receive, O oh God. And so tonight, oh God, we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for your character, which is impeccable, oh God. Trustworthy, Lord. Honorable, Lord. True, Jesus. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for encouraging us, oh God. And tonight, oh God, I pray, Lord, that as we part, oh God, Lord, that we would not forget, Lord, your faithfulness, Jesus. Lord, but we would, oh Lord, Lord, our faith, Lord, would be encouraged because you are faithful, Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.